All right, so there's two. I think Joker and Mike. Mike Dick. Y'all ready? Yep, I'm good when y'all are good. All right. All right, I'll start it. that the metal community really needs to have making headliners. We, as a whole, are already battling a bad reputation of being misunderstood, aggressive troublemakers when, quite frankly, we're the polar opposite. And this, I'm concerned about this one small group tardying all of our hard work that we've tried to convince the community that the idea of our reputation they have is extremely incorrect. I'm also really worried about what this could potentially mean for other upcoming festivals. What do you think, Runt? I I um, also with what happened is they took one of Evanescence's drum set and used it as kindling. Like, how dare you disrespect one of the bands like that that we're supposed to play? So, what about you, Joker? Um, uh, I honestly don't know what to say. I mean, it's just unbelievable that all this has been happening. Um, I hope we don't get the same thing from, like, other festivals. But, like, I really don't know what to say. Well, I mean, you know, like, like we were talking about earlier, you know, there, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of consequences that go along with uh, something that happens like this. <laughs> uh, the ripple effect that that goes along with other concerts and other events between seeing the uh, security increases, 
uh, the, the the way the crowds interact with um, you know that that has a lot to do with you know situations like this like how is how how are things going to change from here because of that you know I'm seeing I've seen a lot of different uh, stories about what actually happened like some people are saying that they waited for four hours before they heard anything um, you know I, I've heard people say that you know they you know sold alcohol continuously um, even after they were told that the show wasn't going to continue. Uh, so I mean, there's a lot of things on both ends that that could have been handled differently and better. That really just they weren't handled properly. Yeah. I, mean, uh, I think yeah. Runt disconnected. I yeah, think she, she did too. I'm sending her another invite. You know, like we were talking about earlier in the uh, the podcast that we had earlier, that the audio wasn't so great. You know, there's there's a lot of factors that go into a situation like this between security, uh, the crowd control, and and stuff like that. That you know, kind of bugs. You know, how situations go. You know, I've heard, uh, I was reading one tweet where they said they showed about 50,000 people in a space that was only big enough for about 30,000. So if they were overcrowded, you know, that definitely probably would have aggravated the situation pretty bad, too. Who else has got something to say about it? I do. Um, so Slipknot released something from their Twitter saying safety, especially the safety of our fans and fellow bands, is priority number one. So then why during this whole riot thing, was where was security? There was nobody there trying to control the situation because it could have escalated far worse than it already has. So maybe there's some fault on the venue as well, let alone just the fans reacting like they did. So we we were actually talking about that in the uh, the other podcast that we tried recording earlier for for that you know uh, there there's there's a lot of what if about what could have what could have been involved with that um, one of the videos I saw on Twitter was um, there were people that were literally pushing against the barricade um, that security is so the first couple of videos I saw was. Um, people were literally pushing the barricade over, um, and there were there was this, there was a group of security people that were trying to push back about five or six of them, um, and they they were losing, and it got so close that one of the security team members almost got crushed under the metal barricade and almost got trampled. Like people were pushing through the barricade and jumping walls to get into the VIP section. So I mean, it definitely. Chaotic. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was it's definitely kind of crazy and um, chaotic, you know, on, you know, what, you know, because, I mean, if you look at American 
you know, the American festivals, you know, like I was saying earlier, um, there, there's a lot that goes into the planning and the execution of these events. You, that's why you see such a heavy presence of law enforcement and, um, uh, and, and first responders because they want to put that edge there. And it could have been a manpower thing. They just didn't hire enough people. It could have been, uh, I think, uh, Joker said it, or uh, even Valkyrie may have said it. It may have just been inexperience of the uh, people that uh, that ran the venue. Um, they may not have expected that kind of uh, response from the crowd appropriately. I mean, but I mean, let, let's be real here. What kind of what kind of fans? You know, true. You know, a, a, a band that they're supposedly fans of and that like that. Like, who goes up on stage and destroys a band's equipment? You know, what what kind of response is that? I mean, you can go ahead if someone else wants to say something. Um, I'll say something. I feel like going up and after the equipment was misdirected aggression, I feel like some of those fans maybe thought it was in the music artist's control. Whereas in all reality, aside from showing up on the stage and performing, the music artist has very little control of what they're actually doing at festivals, where they're touring, and all of that stuff. I... I think it was very disrespectful to the bands themselves. The fans did not need to react like that. Especially destroying equipment of a band they're supposed to be supporting. I That's the only thing I could think of. They thought the band was personally responsible for that choice. And that's why they went up and rioted and took it out on Evanescence equipment and the stage they were supposed to be performing on. I... Never in my years have seen something to this degree of utter disrespect for a, a band, and it really deeply upsets me because when have you ever heard of Evanescence or Slipknot wronging a fan? I personally have not. Um, for me, I think... Um... Like earlier today, like there was, it was the last day of Force Fest, and um, apparently the stage was so bad. Most of the bands that were supposed to play on that stage got cut because of how bad the stage was. The only bands I really got to play were In Flames, Exodus, and Rob Zombie, and Slipknot. They like earlier today they said like if people behave, they would go on tonight. But apparently it was the it was so bad, and apparently some of Slipknot's gear got destroyed as well. So they were unable to play tonight. Wow. Which is a shame. Yeah, which is an absolute shame. Because, uh, like, I, and, like, I think we were talking about, about it earlier, Medic, where you said, like, you can't even really call them fans if they're doing this kind of thing. You can't call them fans. Because what fan would go up on stage and destroy their favorite band's stuff? Like, you're not a fan if you're if you do something like that. Yeah. Agreed. I mean, and that's really the case. I mean, um, like, like Valkyrie was saying, you know, and we, we talked about earlier, um, 
you know, a, a lot of these venues, um, the the band, the band can get to decide this stuff. They just get told, hey, this is when you're showing up. This is when you're playing. And that's all there is to it. You know, they don't get to decide, you know, what, you know, every detail about it. A lot of the venue decisions come from the promoters and the higher management and the record label and they get to, they get final say and they go, yeah, no, 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 this is how we're going to do it. And, and that, and that has a lot to do with what happens. You know, when yeah, you're people, done, Medic, I have something to contribute. Okay. Um, you know, the, the, the people that run the, the event, it's not the band. Like, the bands can show up and be assholes about stuff and be like, yeah, no, we're going to keep playing until we decide. Like, we saw that at uh, the last Carolina Rebellion. You know, uh, Ivan, Ivan Moody from uh, Five Finger Death Punch decided that he was going to keep playing uh, after the set time. You know, but he was the last band on that stage, and the only other band that he was gonna piss off was the last band on the other stage. I don't remember what band it was. Godsmack. Yeah, uh, yeah, because he yelled out like "I'm sorry, Soul" or something like that. But you know, but that was the last band on that stage, and you know, it was a, a matter of just two bands with big names that just wanted to have a good time. But besides that, you know, they don't get much say and much action in what they can let happen. So, you know, if someone from the security team or someone from the government or someone from law enforcement said, no, nah, no, nah, they're, they're acting too crazy out there. You know, we, we, it's not safe. We can't let you guys on that stage. Then that's not the band's fault. Taking it on their equipment gains you nothing. Especially when the band says, if you guys behave and you guys chill out, we'll come back and play tomorrow. And you guys still, you know, the, the people that, you know, are there at the event still go up there and destroy their stuff. And, you know, well, you guys kind of deserve to have them not go back up there. You know, but it, it sucks for it sucks for the people that are that are fans that are there and did travel, like all the people that come from outside of the U.S. that, you know, outside of the, outside of Mexico to, to travel to go see them and all the people that behave, it sucks to have that happen, but all it takes is one idiot and it messes up everything for everyone else. But I'm done. So, a little bit of an example that I just remembered of bands not really having as much control as people give credit to. So back in the day when I was originally in New York, I was supposed to see Diamante from Ashes to New and Bad Wolves. Well, the show that was scheduled, um, their lead singer, Tommy Vex, got some type of really bad um, bronchitis or something and he couldn't perform on stage. From Ashes to New and Diamante were still willing to perform. And they outright said that. But their companies said, no, we're cutting the entire show instead. The bands had absolutely no say. They were willing to perform, even though they weren't going to be getting as much of a profit. I literally was talking to the band personally about this and watching what was going on on Facebook. And I'm not going to lie, it was not by the bands. By management, it was handled very poorly. I found out two hours before the show that it was canceled. 
There were people who drove four hours one direction to see this show, and they didn't even get a notification until they arrived at the venue. You might want to say what band you what band you were personally talking to, so people don't think you're like no, buddy, yeah, buddy with, like, yeah, fair. No, from uh, ashes to new, from ashes to new. I follow them a lot on Facebook, and I was tracking a lot of the comments going on, and I was, I forget which one of the boys I was chatting with personally over Facebook Messenger, but I remember just being blown away and not understanding if these bands are willing to perform, why can't they? go on stage and perform and the way it was explained to me was technically because it was the big headliner that cancelled something about profit not being able to be split properly and oh supposedly less people would come because Bad Wolves wasn't going to be there so even though these other two bands were willing to step up and do longer sets for less pay they were told no and I'm done Right, you got anything to say? Um, not really. I feel like we hit everything. Well, uh, what about, so, I know that a lot of little kids come to concerts like this, and if, like, they saw this going on, do you think that would, like, scar them a little bit? I definitely could see it, and I could see it affecting parents being willing to bring them back to a concert again. I feel like this could have a very big effect on younger generations of the rock and metal family. So, like, last year, I was supposed to go to a Red Hot Chili concert uh, with my dad. But because of the Las Vegas shooting, not not Las Vegas, it isn't Las Vegas, yeah, Las Vegas shooting, we we didn't go. Because, like, he was terrified it was going to happen again. So, I feel like it... can affect more people from going to these shows and experiencing the, the the crowd and whatnot because they're afraid of people reacting like this. And that's a oh, very yeah. realistic fear to have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, in, in today's day and age, you know that you know that is something that, that is possible. Like uh, we were we were talking about earlier, you know, the the ripple effect that is not just about you know, the security, the tightening of security or the uh, type of response we will possibly see at these other, uh, lo- you know, longer concerts and venues and festivals. Um, but it's also the, the response of the crowd. You know, we talked about the, the sheep effect where, you know, people see this one thing going on. It's like a mosh pit, you know. People see people trying to start a mosh pit and all the moshers go from all over the place to this one point, you know, it's, it's the same thing that happens with, uh, with people that want to do bad. And so, you know, it, it does, people will see a larger, you know, and, and events like this have, of course, really amazing press. So when shit goes bad like this, you know, this is what gets shown in the media is, you know, metalheads riot, you know, and, and you know, it makes it seem like these events are unsafe, but you know, if you look at the reality, this is this is more of the exception than it is the standard. I mean, any any mass gathering uh, event in in the world, not just in the U.S., not just in Mexico, but in the world, you know, you have a possibility of it just one thing going wrong, 
you have a large enough group of people to them and do something stupid it's just a reality of the situation you know and then people are going to respond with an overabundance of caution it's just it, they are how it's going to happen it definitely does create a, a pretty decent sized ripple effect you know across everything involved with you know how metalheads are seen parents being willing to, to bring family and and kids to shows I mean it's, it's insane but go ahead Joker um yeah, um, this is co- sort of like when we, I think we were talking about this earlier about the guy who set fo- set like a piece of cardboard on fire at Ladder Life. Um, yeah, when I saw that, like security, like there's a couple security guys walking around. Security was very quick to, like you know, take care of that guy, and then he threw it at a bunch of people. I almost got hit with it, and um, yeah, they they were very quick about it. So I guess I don't I don't know from what I saw in the videos. Security was like being very quick to like hold the barricade back before, you know, those people did what they did. But, um, and I guess I guess you could kind of say this right now, but like with the weather delays and the evacuations, like uh, the people here in the U.S., like they, like they, like I didn't see any rioting or I saw a lot of people complaining. Yes, I mean you can't control the weather. I mean mm-hmm. that's. That's not a th- that's not a thing anyone can do. But the people like understand like okay like it's a serious matter, we gotta leave. Or, but I don't know this. I honestly don't know how this like ties in with the situation. Does it kind of make sense to y'all? Or yeah, it somewhat does. You're kind of going into how things we've seen being handled on United States soil. I get. I follow what you're saying. Well, yeah, I mean. The, the thing about that is, you know, different countries have different policing rules and they're allowed to handle things a certain way. But, yes, you know, here in the U.S., you know, how security and law enforcement are allowed to handle situations, um, not everyone agrees with it, but, you know, they're, they're, they're allowed to handle it in the manner that they are trained and, you know, that they're told to handle it. And so, you know... And we make a point of it less at most major events, you know, especially inside of events, is to make sure that there's a large security presence and a a very seeable, you know, visible, seeable, a visible presence because, you know, we want to, uh, on the law enforcement security side, you know, we want the point that people realize, hey, you know, messed up. You and the situation, like it's it, it's an intimidation tactic. I mean, it's just it's what it is, you know. And not knowing what their rules are or how they run their security or what their manpower even is, you know, it, it, there's a lot of things that could have uh, made it hard for them to respond appropriately. There's a lot of outside factors that we might not be aware of. Yeah. yeah. Definitely. I mean, I guess I guess I could kind of bring this up. Uh, you know, run me and Run were at Sonic Temple, but during the Foo Fighters, I was there was a situation that happened. There was this girl who obviously had a lot to drink, 
and like she was arguing with like security and like there was police and it was during the food fire so there was like a lot of security guards around and um apparently this woman got into a fight with a police officer and she got arrested and a lot of people were saying like why are they doing this to her like why are they doing that to her why are they arresting her well apparently she bit uh one of the guy one of the officer's fingers like really good and it started bleeding so then she bit yeah she yeah she almost bit the poor guy's finger off Oh my lord! Yeah, and like, oh. and people were complaining, like, "Why are they doing that? They can't do that!" Like, look at the guy's fucking finger. It's like, yeah, they handled that shit very easily, but man, a I lot mean, of people were complaining about that. I mean, it's Sonic. I had a bad run-in with security uh, when my uncle had the flag out. They took the security officer came into the pit, shoved me out of the way, and like grabbed the flag and like pulled it it was it was bad yeah that's bizarre they're they're not going to handle every situation obviously you know uh yeah right but you know one one bad person doesn't paint the whole profession exactly but you know uh when it comes to how police use force you know there's there's a bunch of people that think they know the whole situation and what's going on and that leads to a lot of different problems and when it comes to a use of force incident. Um, I, I'm not going to get into that because that's just a little bit too political. Yeah, agreed. But, yeah, I don't want to get into that. Yeah, there, there's good ways and bad ways in handling shit. Um, bad shit happens. Good shit happens. You know, a lot of times, it's, if you're not directly involved, usually the best thing to do is just get out of the way, let you know, you know, just not get involved unless you absolutely have to. And just, you know, because on the street, the cops are going to win. You know, the, the best time to, to handle something like that is to file a complaint or in the courtroom. You know, anything outside of that, then you, you put yourself in a huge liability. And especially if you're in a large crowd and you see an officer take someone down, you know, if you start getting involved, then you're you're putting yourself at risk, and then you run into getting charges. Just it's it's a mob mentality, you know, and it, you run the risk of creating a whole bigger scene because you know something that you don't know the full story of. You know, you got pissed off about it. Now there's a whole riot going on in your show, and you know, come to find out, the cop was only protecting itself. So, you know, there's... It, Just a bunch of factors. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there's a, lot, there's a lot that goes into situations like that. You know. All different. All security guards are different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some, yeah, some won't care if you bring a flag in, and some will. Well, I mean, look at, you know, like we were talking about, look at uh, Louder Than Life, you know, infectious. You know, he makes his own mask. And, yeah. you know, he was running into problems with security stopping him at the gate, saying that he wasn't allowed to have his mask. But, yeah, there were people that were walking through with masks. They were, you know, sneaking them through one way or another. But, you know, if people were, you know, it's just what they were making sure to tell him and, you know, be like, yeah, no, you know, you can't wear your mask, you, you, you know, and we have uh, 
Votus in our group who, you know, he doesn't wear masks, but he paints his face. You know, is that going to be something that they take away, you know, for the next event is face paint? You know, there's a lot of people that, that go out to these festivals with, um, you know, their own uh, alter ego, persona, character. Yeah, yeah, whatever you want to call it, you know, and, you know, and the, the tighter they get on security about it, it's, yeah. it's going to be harder and harder for people to go to these things and, and enjoy them. And we don't know if, you know, this this situation with MapFest is going to make that situation worse. I feel like since it didn't happen on American soil, it might not immediately. But if we see the ripple effect start to come a little bit closer to home, then I think there would be some pretty drastic changes, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I completely agree. And um, like I feel, and I feel like like the reason why they wouldn't let an uh, infectious like bring his mask in is because. Either one, it was a like a heat issue or safety issue, or two, I I believe masks are banned in Kentucky. I don't know if that's right for sure, but yeah, again, people were sneaking in masks at, without anyone knowing it. So mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. But honestly, I don't know if face paint is like a huge like pro- problem because like like it's just paint you wear. But I think it was like a ma- you're wearing a mask and like that big much heat, then it could cause like a big pro- problem like for you like it's a safety issue. Like I can see yeah. all of that. The reason why I can kind of see pit medics concerned with them targeting face paint next. Silly as this is going to sound, I think back to my um grade school days for halloween we weren't allowed to wear face paint because it made you unrecognizable so i actually think i hate to think like this if they did decide to target it it would be an identity thing oh if you did something you could wipe the paint off and look like a totally different person and they wouldn't be able to recognize you to hold you accountable pretty much i hope that's not the case I really hope well, not too. It's just uh, it, it it's it would it would be stupid if that's the way they went. But you know, from a law enforcement perspective, it it, it very well could be. You know, there, there's a lot of states that have um, random mask laws that you know. Uh, South Carolina, I know, has a law that says you know unless it's related to holiday or your job. You can't conceal your identity, you know, that, that those laws are out there, you know, whether it be with a mask or some some sort of face covering. And they have it because people will cover their face while committing a crime. You know, those, those laws do exist, but a lot of it has to do with, well, we can't guarantee that, you know, we can identify people who commit these crimes as covering their face. We have to find a way. Mm-hmm. Protect them, you know that situation, and keep keep us keep it to where we can do our jobs if it comes down to it. Yeah, I mean, I know that like the face paint thing isn't like a huge problem in like Columbus, Ohio, specifically Map Free Stadium, because 
you know, they have like sports games that happen there all the time. Like people can paint their face all the time, but I kind of see where you're coming from, but that's not a huge deal in Ohio. It's not a huge deal in Missouri either, especially like, like around Halloween time last year, motionless and white came here and people were painting their face for Halloween. But yeah, I know that was for like a holiday thing, but like I've seen motionless and white many, many times that people have painted their faces to see their show when it wasn't a holiday. Yeah. Yeah. But I honestly got hope that and the mask thing isn't a big deal in, in uh, Ohio either, but I, I just hope nothing like that happens like everywhere. And I hope like the, like the ripple effect, it doesn't like come up because yeah, I don't think it will. I'm just going to keep crossing my fingers that my hunch yeah. is correct. Um, uh, obviously, we still have, you know, four months uh, before we get any information on uh, anything that they may ban for uh, Epicenter, um, because, you know, that's the next major event that we're going to. A lot of us already have our tickets. Um, so, you know, seeing comparatively from last year, you know, what they add or take or change on the ban list, you know, from, from last year compared to this year definitely be an indicator on you know, if they're taking more steps because I mean whether it happened in you know on U.S. territory or not the fact that it happened is still for these three-day concerts and these promoters it's still a wake-up call anytime something like this happens everybody takes notice and everyone goes oh well crap like what did they do wrong how how were we going to handle that that happens here that's everyone's worst you know, these big venues, that's their worst outcome because especially if the big headliners have to cancel, that's lost money. That's money that the promoters lose, venues lose, especially if they have to file insurance and equipment. Like that's a bad outcome for everybody. And and no no none of them want that. So I mean that that's the big thing is, you know, are they, you know, are they going to increase, you know, the the amount of stuff that they're going to ban? Are they going to increase, you know, are they going to keep everything relatively the same and just increase the security on site? So, yeah, I think I think that'll be uh, that'll be a big tell on, on how the rest of the festival season is going to go because, you know, beginning of the year you have what uh, epicenter. Uh, Sonic Temple I think, is another one that happens around the beginning of the year. Blackwell. So, which one? Blackwell. And you sound far away from the mic, dude. Um, I'm looking at the uh, Sonic Temple website, like their info page. I'm looking at like what's allowed in and what's not allowed in. Um, I don't see anything like about face paint or masks. I'm I'm gonna look on Epicenter's website now for the info. Perfect. See. If- I mean, I know they didn't have anything like that listed on on uh, louder than life last year. That was a big that was a big issue that um, infectious had was the fact that it wasn't listed anywhere. Like they never had it on any of the any of the stuff they let out or on the website. There was nothing saying that you couldn't have a mask. But yet at the door they were saying, "Yeah, no." But yet people were still sneaking it through. So oh. that was one of the yeah that was one of the things that was irritating. Uh, you know, was that whole thing. 
because they didn't they didn't have it listed. They didn't tell anyone. There was nothing posted about it. It was just security at the metal detectors. Were like, yeah, no, you can't do that. So, um, okay, I'm looking at, at Epicenter now. Um, yeah, it, it doesn't say anything about paint or masks or anything. I guess because like it's it has to be like a safety thing for the masks at Latter Life, but I most likely it's most likely because masks are banned. I think. In Kentucky, I face paint. I know face paint isn't, but I believe masks are banned. I don't know. I'll have to look that up as well. I got you. I got that. Okay. So, I mean, do, 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 do. I, I still think it's going to be interesting to see uh, how all that goes down with, you know, seeing if security increases at these events and how oh, yeah. this now has everybody's attention. Um, just because a couple people were drunk and stupid and wanted to get pissed off at the wrong people. So, so from I'm sorry. What I'm seeing so from what I'm seeing that there there are some anti mask laws, but it really just depends on the city you're in. Interesting. Yeah. I think um oh, never mind, I forgot what I was gonna say. <laughs> Oh, what could happen? Um, may, may, maybe, um, and I actually, I remember. I don't think this might like just happen with like, you know, rock festivals or metal festivals. This might happen with like any music festival in general, like, like Coachella, Bonnaroo, mm-hmm. you know, anything, anything like that. Like they could, you know, look at not fest and see like, okay, like how can we like make this safer so something like not fest Mexico doesn't happen. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I mean any any big three D three plus. Or, I mean, any concert, any long-term festival, they're, they're all going to be looking at this going, you know, all right, what what do we do to avoid this? How do we better address this? Like, this isn't just a, a metal issue. This is going to be an issue for, for multiple venues and for anyone that has, you know, more than just one band playing. Because, you know, that, that was a pretty significant event, you know. Like I said, the biggest thing will be just watching and seeing how they handle everything from uh, from this point out with all the security and and the rules that they put down on everyone. I'm looking at a Force Fest's uh, like page to see like who was supposed to originally play. Um, so apparently, like bands like. Uh, Testament had to cancel, Cherry Bombs had to cancel on that stage, Jet Jaguar, and uh, a bunch of other, a bunch of other pretty good bands. So yeah, the only, yeah, the only bands that were allowed to play were Exodus, In Flames, and Rob Zombie. Yeah, and of course Slipknot said they're not playing because of the stage was destroyed. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the videos, you know, people were were, were not showing mercy. You know, they were definitely stomping and kicking and ripping apart stuff just so they could find stuff to burn so I mean, i'm not i'm not surprised at all that they decided that it just they weren't able to do it i'm really not all right anyone got anything else nope i've said my nope. piece i don't think so
righty. Well, I know this has been a little bit more of a serious episode, but you know, we can't always be about jokes and 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 funny stuff and ripping on each other, especially when we've got people that want to have like idiot shows making us all look bad. So, yeah, we don't take the safety of our family and the safety of the bands we care about very lightly. That's not something that we can really get lighthearted about. Protect yeah, your path. Of that, speaking of that, I will I will say I want to give a shout out. I know they'll never hear this, but you know, a shout out to Slipknot and uh, Evanescence for making the right call and, and deciding that this wasn't a risk worth taking. Um, I'm sure the situation was very scary for them, you know, being, being, you know, having to look at going out there and facing these people, uh, you know, good, good on them for making the decision to not go out there and not inflame the situation worse than looking out for their people. Agreed, because could you imagine what would have happened if someone had gotten hurt if it made that call in the opposite direction? Oh my god! Yeah. It would have been like it would have been awful because like not only like more like people would get hurt, but like you know the band would get hurt, bands would get like hurt, their crew, everything like would have gone even more downhill than it already had. So I, I give props to Evanescence and Slipknot for canceling their performances because of how these people acted. And absolutely. So yeah, shit would have hit the fan hard. Seriously, very very bad. Yeah. Yeah, like again, like going back to like with the episodes and stuff like that. Sometimes, sometimes we'll have fun, exciting, like funny episodes, and sometimes we'll have serious episodes where we talk about serious stuff, like serious news that's been happening in the metal and rock world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, like that's what we're about. Like we we don't hold we don't hold back. You know, we just give our honest opinions on on like the subject at hand. We keep it real. We keep it accurate. Yeah, as we see it. So, uh, once again, thank you guys. Appreciate uh, you guys tuning in. Uh, if you guys don't know who we are, we are the Hound to Hell Pit crew. You can find us under Hound to Hell Pit crew on Instagram and on Facebook at Hound to Hell Mosh Team. There you go. Uh, appreciate you guys, of course. And, of course, we appreciate our guest, Runt and Heavy Metal Joker, for coming in and doing this remote cast with us. Appreciate you guys. Thank you for having us. Of course, you're all our pleasure. Yeah. Uh, hope, hopefully, we'll have uh, a couple more members of the pack. Of course, you know, Joker, Joker, and Run are full fledged members of the pack. Uh, hopefully, throughout throughout the next couple months and episodes, we'll have more of a more of the the hounds pack rotating through, so you get a chance to meet everyone. Uh, so, anyways, guys, have a nice night. Catch you all in the den. Okay. Yes, sir. All right, not Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening, everyone. Bye. Bye.